We got a name for Fridays around these parts. It's Ryan Day here in the Sports Pen. <laughs> Ryan Stieg is in studio with me, Tanner Hoops. Glad to have you along for this episode of the Sports Pen. What's going on, Ryan? Not bad. I uh, I like Ryan Day. That's Ryan nice. Day. Yeah. yeah. Not to be confused <laughs> with Coach Ryan, Ryan Day. Day. I, I I wish I got paid as much as Ryan Don't we all? Yeah. Um, oh boy. Yeah. It's, it it was snowing earlier. I thought it was going to be a bad evening, but it sun's out now. Things have cleared up, so we're good. It's Friday, and the weekend's here. We've got high school basketball here. Almost every team in the UP, I think, is Gwyn the only one that won't have had a game by the end of the night. I think so. At least on the girls' side. Uh, Boys will start next, next week. Next week, yeah. But we've got basketball back here in ESPN-UP. Plug for tonight. Should be a good game. Girls against Kingsford. Yeah. Um, good to see how Westwood works out mm-hmm. this year. A lot of pressure on them. Yeah. Uh, made it to the state quarters last year. You're, uh, now I think, what, isn't it like state or bust? <laughs> that's what they're saying. But, man, this district is tough. Just getting out of the UP is going to be tough. And I know that's what Kurt's telling everybody. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think their expectations are high. But at the same time, you got to be like, it's not a sure thing, you mm-hmm. know. In the tournament, there's been teams I've watched in the last six years that have looked like they could go far, and they get bounced in oh, the yeah. second round. And so, Nagani a couple of years is, ago, yeah. twenty and oh, they lose in the first right. round. Nothing's a given. No, no, it's like you got to watch yourself when you get to the postseason, but because uh, everybody's going in knowing that their season's on the line. So it's going to be fun to see how this all transpires and where we are here about five months from now when the state tournament rolls around and maybe we get a few teams onto the Breslin Center. Yeah, I, uh, I've i never been down to East Lansing, so hopefully some team makes the run that far. I tell you what, we got a lot to get to today. By the way, we're going to hit the air with a pregame at 7 Eastern, 6 Central tonight. 7.15 is the tip. Here's what we have coming up in store for you over the course of the next hour or so, we have Thursday Night Football to recap, and there are a whole heck of a lot of storylines to digest from that. Northern Michigan women's and men's hoops got going with their conference schedule last night. Both of them had pretty good games against Northwood. Ryan, you saw the action firsthand. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting uh, evening overall. It's And there's a lot to dissect there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we've got championship weekend for college football. Major playoff implications, including a game tonight, the Pac-12 championship between Oregon and Utah. One of the Lions coaches is going through one of the most hilarious lawsuits I've ever heard of. And we're going to get to that coming up over the course of the next hour or so. Plus, we got some hockey. Northern Michigan is off, but there's all kinds of stuff going on in the NHL. Who would have ever thought that the Arizona Coyotes would be first in their division? They win last night. They're in first place. Well, you have a jersey, so. I did, <laughs> and I did say they were going to be a playoff team this year. I okay. didn't think they would win their division, though. I didn't think so either. I think I had them as like a 7 or 8 seed. And, the, you know, there's still a long way to go, but I tell you what, I still remember when Pittsburgh lost Rick Tockett, but, I mean, he was too good to be an assistant. He's done a wonderful job in Arizona. Exactly. So I tell you what, we've got that. Plus, maybe the Wild aren't going to fire Bruce Boudreau after all. They're starting to turn it around. This is hurting me because he's he, he's such an overrated coach, and he should have been gone after last season. You know and, they're going to come down to earth. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just like don't don't tease me with this like potential playoff run when I was hoping he'd be fired. <laughs> Jeff Blashill's still hanging on, barely, barely, <laughs> hanging on by a thread. Yeah, who's not though? David Fisdale. About fifteen minutes ago, the New York Knicks fired David Fisdale. We all knew that was coming even though I don't think anybody other than James Dolan actually thinks he's responsible for the Knicks' troubles. No, uh, James Dolan is the, sp- is the problem for the Knicks' problems. <laughs> and he just, and until that sinks in, which it never will, no. the Knicks are just going to be down unless some miracle GM happens or something like that, or they land a phenomenal coach that just ain't going to happen. Or, you know, they hit in the free agency. Exactly. It's, just, it's not going to, and the thing is, Fisdale can't coach. We've seen a little bit of him when he was in Memphis. He's been one of the top assistants when he's been there. He can't coach, and some team would be really happy to get him. I'm doing a segment next week, early next week, update my NFL coaches' hot seats because uh, two of my top five going into the season have already been fired, Rivera and Gruden. So I'm going to update that. Think about doing one for the NBA, too, because... Okay. Uh, he was certainly on there. Fisdale, I think Jim Boylan in Chicago is going to mm-hmm. be on there. Just name a few. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, well, Chicago's another team that uh, <laughs> they're a mess. Not as much of a mess as the Knicks are, mm-hmm. but like they're, it's going to be a while before they get where they want to be. There's a new report that just came out 
that says there are several Cleveland Cavalier players who are upset with John Beeline yeah. in the way that he's set up an environment yeah. there that most of his plays, his pick plays, his screens, their curls are all named after wild animals. Someone reportedly said that the curl in Beeline system is nicknamed the polar bear and that you don't go to the pros to do that. To, to play a polar bear? To, to call a play a polar bear, <laughs> to coach a polar bear. Well, you know, I've seen, you know, in high school sometimes you'll see coaches yell out mm. random things and to announce plays, and some of them are really bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> like, some of them try to keep it easy. I've seen, like, you know, some coaches yell out, like, Michigan mm-hmm. or, like, Spartans or something like that, you know, to sure. make it easier to remember. But uh, Polar Bear would be unique. Polar Bear. How about Nanook? Nanook more fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay with that. Yeah, that'd be great. I tell you what, Thursday night football last night, the Bears shock all of us, all five of us in our Pick'em League, pick Dallas. So everybody was shocked when the Bears outplayed the Cowboys in every facet of the game. Where did that come from? I I don't I know. Just, I I missed a good chunk of it because I was at the NMU games, mm-hmm. you know. So, but uh, to just find out, hearing tweets, uh, you know, and just where people are just like, "What's going on?" Mm-hmm. Mitch Trubisky played moderately well. Yeah. For Mitch, like the bar for Mitch Trubisky is low, and he like <laughs> met the bar, <laughs> so it's like. You know, good for him. He's been beating uh, the bar the last few games, though. And, and then the then you got the Cowboys who are just mm. who are going to make the playoffs with like a seven and nine record, <laughs> host a playoff <laughs> game, and then get throttled in the first round. That's basically what's going to happen. San Fran will be thirteen and three and go play the seven and nine Cowboys in Dallas, and then win. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, win handily. Yeah. This Cowboy team is just way too good to be this bad. I know that's not new information, that's not new analysis, but you talk about teams that aren't going to get better under a certain owner. Well, that's Jerry Jones with Dallas. We can do a whole segment on what owners are you know need to go or holding their team back. Dolan would be up there. Jerry Jones would be up there. Dan, Jason Garrett. Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder's absolutely up there. I, I mean, the skins actually for this... Remember when they had RG3 mm-hmm. and people were like, hey, they might be good again. Oh, they yeah. made the playoffs, you know, gave the Packers a good fight, but it's just like, no. It's like, as long as Dan Snyder's owning that team, it's never going to reach its potential. When you reach the point where your fans are chanting, sell the team during a game, <laughs> it's like, that's when you know, like, it's gotten that bad. They've hit rock bottom. I tell you what, that Dallas team is just too good mm-hmm. so that something does need to change because there's no position group where they're weak. Absolutely none. I, part of me feels like Jerry Jones is, like, phoning it in at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, he's reached a certain age where it's like, I have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I own a football team. <laughs> I've won Super Bowls. Now it's just like, I'm going to keep Jason Garrett as long as I possibly can <laughs> before eventually enough uproar happens where even I get frustrated. And it seems like he's getting there. Mm-hmm. He did say he's not going to do it mid-season, yep. but you'd think he'd be gone after the season. And he is starting to get frustrated. A guy who's so mild-mannered, he had a not-safe-for-work interview earlier today. He was using explicit language on there, and that's just not Jerry-like. And <laughs> it tells you a change is coming. But like they said in the broadcast last night, I think it was Troy Aikman said, if you did make a change mid-season, they won't. And you know, if, if they didn't leave Jason Garrett at O'Hare last night, they're not going to this season. <laughs> But there's nobody on that staff, no assistant that's earned the right to be the interim head coach. I think Aikman was absolutely right in saying that. Trey Aikman. Uh, Jason Witten. No, boy. <laughs> he could be that coach. Him losing it on the sidelines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he came out of retirement for that. Yeah, I came back for the season where we're gonna we're gonna make the playoffs by default <laughs> for being in the <laughs> NFC East, and then we're gonna get destroyed in the first round. Matt Nagy looked like he kind of bounced back a little bit, though, as far as how he called a game. I think he's doing better, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's just like there's something in his head now yeah. where he just assumes something's going to go wrong. It's like, don't have the mindset of a Vikings fan, man. you got to, like, go like go in feeling. I mean, you got a good D. Like, rely on that. Yeah. And for all his issues, Trubisky is, I don't want serviceable, yeah. if you want to put there. Some days it can be. Yeah, so it's been lately. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, it's not like you're bad. I mean, they have a slim shot. Mm-hmm. 
if they make a big run and mm-hmm. maybe making a wild card, but it's going to take a lot. But they could go three and zero throughout their last three games, and the Vikings could go two and two, and they do play the Vikings in Week Seventeen. So they already own one head-to-head tiebreaker. There's a potential possibility they could sneak in if the Vikings split and they win out, but that would mean Chicago would have to win seven of their last eight. How disappointing is that for Chicago? Mm, Yeah, after last season. Last season, you win the North. People are thinking, you know, if Trubisky is adequate, you know, you have the D that could maybe get you to the Super Bowl, Mm. and they're looking like they're going to miss the playoffs, Mm. so. It's just amazing. It really is that you can have two teams that talented on each side, like we saw last night, and the one that's going to make the playoffs is the one that got completely outplayed. And somehow rallied and almost won that game. (laughs) (laughs) Jason Garrett's out. I mean, everybody has to know. Even if they're not making the change midseason, they all know it. All those players, how can they take him seriously knowing this guy's not going to be here next year anyway? I feel like they'll listen to his calls and then, like, not do them. Yeah. Like, like, hey, all right, you're still in charge, so we'll hear you out. But, you know, we're going to do our own thing when we're on the field. It's just like, who are they going to get that can go in there and right in that ship? Who's going to be a yes man? Because the reports are that Urban Meyer, or the team's interested in him. I don't know if he's interested in them. But Urban Meyer doesn't want to come out of retirement to be a yes man to Jerry Jones. No, he... You wonder about, because big-time college coaches, they have all the power. Mm-hmm. They are in charge of a ma- they You could say they have more power than the ADs who are their <laughs> bosses in some schools. So they control everything. When you get to the pros, you have an owner and a general manager basically in charge of you mm-hmm. and telling you what to do. And you've got a lot of much better players with higher egos who might not listen to you <laughs> and your expertise. So it's... It's a big change, and you got to be able to have a guy to handle that. I mean, Jimmy Johnson moved from the college up to the pros and did a great job mm-hmm. out there. But it takes a lot. You have to win a lot in college, and you have to be able to show that you can deal with all the issues in the pros. I mean, do you think that Nick Saban actually considers whoever Alabama's AD is his boss? No. That guy's probably washing Saban's car right now. <laughs> Shine it up for you, Mr. Saban. <laughs> oh, well, he does have Butch Jones for that. I yeah, think. yeah. You know, extra coat of wax on the side. That's that's pretty much what he does. Here's my theory, though, because I don't think that Urban Meyer is going to be thrilled about being a yes man to Jerry Jones. And I don't know that he's even interested in the NFL anyway. I know Lincoln Riley wouldn't be interested in being a yes man for Jerry Jones. My theory, if I had to say that somebody's a realistic possibility, what about Chris Peterson, the old Washington coach? Like, does he want to coach anymore? I wonder. I wonder because... That was, that was a shocking res- was. resonation. And so. I just wonder if there's something more behind this. He'd have the opportunity to reconnect with Kellen Moore. Remember, he coached Kellen Moore, was his quarterback at Boise, and Moore, providing that they retain the staff, would be the offensive coordinator. I wonder, you know, if he would be willing to be a yes man to get a shot at the NFL. Well... You know, I don't think he has the ego that a lot of coaches are, so I think he might be able to do it. But for him to just abruptly quit like he did, it's like maybe he's just burnt out. Maybe he is. Well, I mean, well, remember Urban and his health issues? His headaches. Yeah, and then came back, like, what, two years later? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, now he quit again, and (laughs) now he will probably come back. It's just, dude, go away. (laughs) I just, I don't, he's got... Bad news written all over him. Like, you know your school's going to have issues. You're probably going to be dealing with the NCAA mm-hmm. at some point. So it's like, is it worth it? I don't know. I mean, the NFL's a different beast. Right. But, like, you know what I mean? There's so much drama associated with him. It's, I don't know. To Interhoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, uh, we'll talk a little bit about Northern Michigan basketball. We'll talk hoops and recap their game last night with Northwood next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to Interhoops. Ryan Stieg with you. Glad you're along this Friday afternoon. Well, last night, Northern Michigan basketball welcomed Northwood for a GLIAC doubleheader, opened up the conference slate. Both of them were pretty good games, and Ryan, you have the first-hand account. <laughs> I was, uh, that was an interesting night. If you were at the men's game, Northern was ice cold, as you said, if you read my recap. It's 
three, there of, were three of 23 shooting from beyond the arc. They were just, nobody was, even their big shooters, like, you know, Matt talked to me and said, like, the shooters are Sam Taylor and Ben Wolf and Alec Fruin and Delapo. Olienka, mm-hmm. yep. I love that name. Um, you know, they all went over four from three, and you're not going to win games like that. And they lost by three. So they just made two of them. <laughs> it's like they would have won that game. It was just not a. It's a uncharacteristic, uncharacteristically poor shooting night for Northern. When you think that. It, it, how impressive it is that they still shot that poorly and were within three. I mean, they were scrapping and clawing. They were playing tough. Yeah, they played really good defense overall, forced some turnovers. Uh, just the shots weren't falling. Mm-hmm. And uh, I talked to Sam Taylor who said, uh, yeah, he goes, we did everything right. It's just that we our shots would rim out mm-hmm. <laughs> or like – they didn't airball them. It's like they look like they're going in, and they'd bounce off the back iron or something. And it was just, it was almost <laughs> frustrating to watch too, because I'm just like, they should be winning this game, mm-hmm. and they're just, and they're not. And uh, um, desperation three at the end. Um, he had to rush the shot because you know I think Sam thought there was more time on the clock <laughs> than there was, and uh, he ended up kind of forcing a shot that wasn't that great. Um, but he, it was a. It was a good game if you take away the poor shooting. They mm-hmm. played really well. well. I tell you what, the women were in a defensive battle, and they got a little bit of run around the midway point in the game and end up getting a fairly decisive victory. Yeah, it was uh, the first half wasn't great. Uh, Northern is not known for their offense yeah. when it comes to when it comes to the women. Uh, they're a lockdown defensive team. They were doing well there, but their shots weren't going to fall. And then... They caught fire in the third quarter. I think outscored them what twenty four to five. Mm-hmm. They were just they people started hitting shots. They went on two eleven zero runs. Uh, Aaron Honkle had a good night. Um, Madigan Johns from Ishpeming yeah. did a good job coming off the bench. Mentioned that in the story. Uh, Troy had a lot of praise for her. Uh, she was pulled off the bench after Amber got into fall. Amber Humaner got into fall trouble. She came in and uh, was assigned to guard Northwood's best player, and Northwood's best player didn't have as good of a second half as she did in the first half. So it's like Madigan did a pretty good job on that, which isn't easy if you're a bench player to be mm-hmm. like, hey, go shut down the best player on the other team. <laughs> but she did a pretty good job of it. So um, all around, good night. Northern showed that what it can do offensively, and uh, they both play Saturday. Um, men are going to try to get back on track, and uh, the women are going to try to see if they can build on what they did last Moved night. Moved to 2-0 in conference play. What are we looking at on Saturday? Well, um, <laughs> if you talk to Troy, I, I didn't get a whole lot out of him. His interview when I asked him, you know, what do you expect now to sag, and he said, I really don't know. So I'm like, Okay. <laughs> So, um, but uh, Saginaw is a better team than Northwood. Northwood isn't really all that great. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to play probably, they're a little more potent offensively. I think they're going to give a little more pressure on Northern's defense. But uh, I think the women should win tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the men are going to be playing a better team with Saginaw. But at the same time, if their shots fall, they played well yesterday. All yeah. they need their shots to fall. If they can get them to fall tomorrow, I, I think they're going to win. It was just an uncharacteristic <laughs> night for them, and those things tend to even out. So I'm hoping they get one of these games where they just go like 10 of 13 from behind the arc. Because it kind of happened to them in Alaska, too. Was it was it Anchorage that was like 10 of 13 from behind the arc in the first half? Yeah, uh, Nor- Anchorage made 10 threes in the first half, and then they cooled off. Mm-hmm. So I've seen Northern shoot lights out from behind the arc at, in the Barry and, you know, get really easy wins. But last night could have been a win, but it's just things just weren't falling for them. It, it, but teams have that, high school, college, even the NBA. Sometimes you don't have a good shooting night and it's strange but it happens every once in a while it's the bye week for northern michigan hockey what does that mean for you as a beat writer <laughs> it means i'm working the desk tonight That <laughs> 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 means that yeah i'm putting together the pages uh for tomorrow's paper so that'll be my task um but uh just i guess keep an eye on the wcha tonight mm-hmm. uh tech is getting anchorage so that it should be a more interesting series than it typically is because mm-hmm. Anchorage is actually playing halfway decent this year. So, but just 
There's not as much pressure. I don't have to sprint back to the office to put a story online <laughs> if I can get into the office. We, everybody knows that debacle oh, yeah. that I tweeted out. But um, it's just it's kind of relaxing in its own way. Um, but n- Northern needs it. Battling some injuries. Mm-hmm. Raul Nemiramko has a knee problem. Andre Gantos, he's dealing with an issue they think he'll be back for the Mankato series so and then you got Caleb Shore he got knocked out in Friday's game they're just they're hurting right now uh if you watch the line chart that I retweeted from last Saturday's game they didn't dress a full fourth line mm-hmm. <laughs> which is rare um I haven't seen that really since uh one year I think it was the first year I covered NMU uh during the Walt Kyle years and it was <laughs> Ryan Kesty, who was a forward, had to play defense and offense oh, in the boy. same game, and he was exhausted because they only had like two full lines of defensemen, hmm. and like pull defense, they only had three full lines of offense. Kesty was the starting center, and also had to play defense when they were on the power play. It was really, it was nuts. Um, but uh, hope they're not in that dire straits. But it's just a good week for them to recuperate. Um, they weren't happy with how they played in, in Huntsville, and now you get to wait and think about what you need to do because next weekend is probably the biggest series of the first half. Their toughest opponent. They're <laughs> Mankato stacked. They're yeah, number they one in the country. They're <laughs> considered a national title contender, but I'll buy that when they <laughs> win. But I'll buy that when they actually win a tournament game. Um, but yeah, they're, it's going to be difficult. And the problem with that series is that it's coming right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Northern doesn't play for like three weeks after the Mankato series. So if they get blown out like they did last year at the Berry, they got to take that with them for three weeks before mm-hmm. they can play again. And you want to go in with some momentum. You know, Dryden McKay has stepped up to another level, and he was pretty darn good last year when you look at that Mankato team. And they just went to Duluth and swept the uh, defending national champions in Amsoil. They never get swept up there. No, it's uh, <laughs> that used to not be the case. Duluth used to get pummeled <laughs> in the past. But they're, you know, it it shows just how potent Mankato can be when with their offense and their defense. The The question is, is whenever they get to the postseason, things get shaky for mm-hmm. them, and uh, they'll lose to some bizarre game. I mean, last year it was Duluth, but like, I still remember when they were the number one overall seed and they lost to RIT oh, yeah. in the first round. The Rochester Institute of Technology. <laughs> yeah, which sounds like which sounds like a fictional school, like on a TV show or something like that. Um, but that's... Anything can happen in the tournament. I... Mankato's fun to watch. If they're pummeling your team, they're not no. so fun to watch, but uh, they're just so good overall. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Let's take a timeout. Let's talk a little college football when we come back. One of the Lions coaches is suing his former employer, and it's hilarious. Plus, college football bowl projections next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad you're along this Friday afternoon. Here's your Sports Center update. It's been a busy last 24 hours for the Minnesota Twins. They re-signed starting pitcher Michael Pineda to a two-year deal, and they add catcher Alex Avila to a one-year contract. I'm always going to remember Alex Avila for being the guy who got traded by his dad. That's kind of hurt. Doesn't it? Thanks for an awkward <laughs> holiday season. Well, the thing is, I think his dad seemed to be okay. His dad told him because he was with the Tigers at the time. Al Avila is still the GM for the Tigers. Alex, the Twins' new catcher when he was with Detroit, they were going to play the Yankees. And his dad told him, hey, bring a second suitcase on this trip because we're probably going to trade you while you're away from home. <laughs> so apparently Al Avila, the, the Avila Sr. is okay with it. The mom was not. The mom was very much not okay with that. And that was a big story a couple of years ago when it happened. It was just hilarious. Yeah. I mean, try to explain that to your wife. <laughs> hey, honey, I'm trading our son. I'm selling our son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if we got anything back. back we got cash yes, considerations yeah. and a player to be named later. later. Yeah. We might get some other guy to replace our son <laughs> on the roster. We got draft considerations. Yeah, I sold our son. To, I, I don't know. Was it the Cubs that he went to back then? I can't remember. It's like the Tigers have been so bad, I forget. Like, <laughs> I think it was the Cubs because yeah. they were contending. And that was post their World Series. They yeah. were still contending. 
Tigers were not, and now he's Mitch Garver's backup. Yeah. So hey, I mean, one year deal. He's a left-handed hitting catcher. So okay. Yeah, I'm maybe he can make that. a hit. Yeah. Why not? And then Tommy Pham is heading to San Diego. So they continue to stockpile on some talent. Maybe there's something to watch. I don't know. Speaking of that, there's a Friday funny I'll bring up. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony has been granted a guaranteed contract by the Portland Trailblazers after being named Western Conference Player of the Week. And finally, the town of Wausau, Wisconsin, has made snowball fights illegal. The law reads, no person shall throw or shoot any object, arrow, stone, snowball, or any other missile projectile by hand or by any other means at any person. Additionally, none of these objects can be thrown at, in, or into any building, street, sidewalk, alley, highway, park, playground, or any other public place within the city. It is filed under the weapons section of the city ordinance, a ban against snowballs. Huh. In Wisconsin. That's just overthinking maybe. it's like footloose <laughs> cracking down on the fun no dancing <laughs> no uh no joy whatsoever children snowballs are a weapon are you kidding me i mean the only way i can think of snowball as a weapon is like if you like grab like an ice the ball ice ball yeah yeah but uh, uh, straight up snowball uh, yeah yeah i mean you see the thick powder we got out there oh, try to yeah. make that a weapon america's fallen so far since 1776 my gosh. Dark days. We are banning snowball fights now. Fun. Fun is disappearing. I mean, in Wisconsin, too. In Wisconsin, I get I could kind of understand this if it's like one of those states that isn't used to snow. They don't get a lot of it, and they're not, not sure how to deal with it. This is Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. You get it all the year. I mean, and how are you going to enforce that? <laughs> like, are you going to, like, have patrols going down the street anytime it snows? Hey. Billy, put down that snowball. <laughs> I see you with that snowball, Billy. That's a weapon in, in, yeah. in Wausau. And you know, that's not too far from here, to be honest with you. So, are they going to cross, like, get snow and cross the border? <laughs> in the town left you over. on the Wausau border with a snowball, you're in big trouble. Yeah, you can uh, just, uh, you know, slightly cross the line, you know, or have one foot in and none foot not, and they're like, how are you going to enforce it? Technically, more of my body was on this side. When I first moved up here a little over a year ago, it was a two-day trip for me because it's a 10-hour trip from my hometown to Marquette. So we split it up. We went five hours each day, and we actually stayed in Wausau. So Wausau's on the route from my hometown to here. I just can't believe that, that a town would actually ban snowball fights. I, I don't think I've ever heard of the possibility of doing that. I mean, what? again, how are you going to enforce it? Like, are you going to see a bunch of kids behind the school, like on recess? Are you going to crack down on are that? Are you really going to go up and stop a kid from having a snowball? Like, some little sixth grader is throwing a snowball at his friend. They're clearly having fun. Nobody's being bullied or anything like that. Are you really going to enforce this law? Well, it, it's like there's so many like old laws from way way back in the day that just like have no place in today's society, but nobody enforces them. So it's like I don't know how you're going to do that. There is a whole website I just was on it the other day too, where there are these weird laws in every state, like weird laws that are true but aren't necessarily enforced. I don't remember what it was for Michigan, but I know it said afterwards. Michigan clearly does not enforce this law. I have to look that up. No, it's like it's like you you could change the law at any time. Mm -hmm. It's just why don't you? <laughs> you know, it's like it wouldn't take that much long. I still think my favorite part of this law is how the snowball ban is filed under weapons. It's filed under <laughs> the weapons section. <laughs> hey. Oh, you know, man. gotta watch Billy and his snowballs. We have fallen so far yeah, since definitely. 1776. I tell you what, we've got college football to talk about because we've got the Pac-12 championship tonight. Time permitting, if we get done with Westwood basketball in time, we will join that game live in progress from wherever they're playing that, wherever they play the Pac-12 championship. Isn't that always with the team that has the better record? Might be. Might be one of those home field advantage things. Maybe it's in Salt Lake City. Could be. Wow. That'll be fun, I guess. Yeah, a little uh, partying on a Friday. That one I don't understand. Mm -hmm. I mean, is it just because you know? Isn't like one of the? Isn't the Big Ten like at the night game? Big Ten is tomorrow night. They've yeah. got the Big Twelve. I think in the afternoon. The ACC, I think, might be a noon start. Yeah, so maybe it's. You don't want to be overshowered by the Big Ten because yeah. that tends to be the one people pay attention right. to. So 
I mean, there's a reason why that's, like, on a major network, and the other ones are kind of like, oh. I mean, well, <laughs> ACC is like, okay, who's Clemson playing? Right. You know, and then, uh, was the the Big 12, I mean, I used to watch that game, mm-hmm. but now it's like, oh, yeah, the Big 12 exists. That did <laughs> used to be prime time. That used to be the night game. Yeah, like yeah. Ten years ago. And now it's like, now the Big 10 has completely taken Absolutely, it over. So it I just, I don't Baylor's in it. Who are they playing? Oklahoma. Huh. Rematch of Baylor just blowing. What was it? What were they up by? 28 at one point? Close to that, yeah. So, I think Oklahoma's going to win I again. do, too. Yeah. I think, and I don't think it's going to be as close as last no, year. No, no. I'd say probably by 10 is where I'd put the Sooners to win. Yeah. Sooners. What about Clemson? It, their line is 28. 28 points. Favorites. I. That sounds about right. Yeah. I think uh, the ACC is just so top heavy Mm -hmm. it's like it's just maybe there's like maybe it's who can play keep up with Clemson at this point and make a game out of it where you can you know slightly impress the voters enough to maybe get a better game when Mm -hmm. you play Clemson because that's about all you can do I'm taking Oregon with the upset tonight I think the Ducks win by five I'm actually picking Oregon too. Yeah. I just I feel like this is a huge opportunity for Utah because a win and let's say a Georgia loss would basically lock the Utes pretty much in the Probably CFP. Would. But a lot of teams uh, I've watched over the years these non Power Five schools. Oh, like well, Utah's not a non Power Five, but you know, like right. not not a blue blood mm-hmm. program just kind of trip over themselves when you have the opportunity. I mean. I mean, look. Remember Kansas State a couple mm-hmm. a few oh, years yeah, back. Colin Klein. Yeah, had had their chance. Mm-hmm. All you gotta do is win the Big Twelve title game, and they like lost like by quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you have your chance. And I I just have a feeling Utah's just not going to get it done tonight. And it's against the Ducks. And so. Nor should they be in title contention unless they would win to, or at least in playoff contention. If they would win tonight, they have played one team with more than seven wins. And they lost to them. They lost to them in their third-string quarterback. This is not a playoff team, guys. No, they're not, but by default is what I they're going to be. I know. I get it. I well, know. this is why I, I'm i so firmly in favor of an 18 playoff. Yeah, the chances your eight seed is going to beat a one seed is pretty slim, mm-hmm. but at least it looks a little normal. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're, like, the fifth seed, you got edged out, yeah. you're going to have a, like, you have a grievance there, mm-hmm. you know? Whereas eight, it's like, okay, if you're the ninth seed, you really can't complain because it's like, be right. better then. <laughs> I mean, it's like, we have too many good teams, even if it's, you know, one, two a year that are being left out. But with eight, maybe we have too many teams that don't necessarily deserve it getting in. I mean, if they do and they get a win, I mean, more power to them. Yeah, but, then, you know, also there, you're guaranteed to get all, every conference champion is mm-hmm. in there, too. And uh, it's just, you get a couple of large bids. I mean, it, it's just better that way. I think it eventually will get that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the ult, um, it's moving in that direction. I know. College football resists change yep. like nobody's business, but it's just get. I think the ultimate thing is let's say if the SEC manages to get like three out of the four spots yep. one year, I think that'll be the final spot because that's what pushed it more is when LSU played Alabama in the championship. Mm-hmm. That was like the final straw for a lot of people. So I tell you what, speaking of college football not changing someone's going to have to force them to change, and I think the players themselves might do that because Alabama's not going to the college football playoff this year. Can you imagine how many of those guys are going to set out a bowl game? I mean, bowl games are no longer about pageantry and ending the year on a high note. Bowl games are simply just a meaningless game that could cause injury. I think after Jalen Smith got hurt against Ohio State in the 2016 Fiesta Bowl, that changed all of that. And so many players just don't see it as something they want to participate in anymore. If that were to happen, and if it has been a trend that's been starting lately, like look at Michigan last year against Florida. How many of their key players sat out? Bush, Higdon, they all sat out because it was meaningless. They didn't want to hurt their draft stock, and I don't totally blame them for that. I mean, I get you want your players there. You want them to represent the school, but that's only benefiting us as fans. I mean, it doesn't benefit them to go out there and represent the school but get hurt and lose draft stock because of it. I see why they're doing it. That's why I hope they do expand the playoff because getting to play in the Cotton Bowl, knowing your season ends there no matter what, 
isn't good enough anymore. Yeah, I think the only people who are going to play who are like upperclassmen are the ones that know that they're not going to be probably drafted mm-hmm. and are just trying to help make a case. Maybe if I put up a few more stats, that kind of a thing. But yeah, um, with the exception of maybe the Rose Bowl, I don't see a lot of people, just because the Rose Bowl's tradition, mm-hmm. It's there's so much pageantry with the Rose Bowl, but I just don't see a lot of key players maybe playing. You know, it's just you're ending your career with a game that, you know, maybe sentimental, meaningful, mm-hmm. but really in the end, are you going to remember, hey, remember when I played in the Fiesta Bowl? <laughs> no, you're not going to remember that. I tell you what, speaking of the Rose Bowl, the latest bowl projections from Sports Illustrated, again, this weekend will make it all subject to change. It has uh, Wisconsin heading to the Rose Bowl, presuming that they lose to Ohio State tomorrow, which I think Ohio State wins by 17. Then Wisconsin is going to go to the Rose Bowl. Right now, the projection has them playing Oregon, which would be a really fun matchup, I think. Yeah, Oregon's offense against Wisconsin's defense. Mm -hmm. That'd be pretty good. I'd be okay with that. Sugar Bowl's got Georgia and Oklahoma. That could be pretty fun. Yeah. Um, two play- CFP quality teams. Yeah, mm-hmm. it could be good. It's not a playoff, but those two are quality teams. The playoff projections, they have LSU and Clemson, Ohio State, and ugh, Utah. Uh, <laughs> of course, that is as of now. As of know? right now. Yeah. A lot can change here this weekend. A lot might change by tonight. tonight. Uh, your Gophers Outback Bowl projected against Auburn. I you know that's that's probably good enough. Yeah. I just you know the Outback Bowl is probably an accomplishment in itself. They upset Penn State. The Fighting Flex can <laughs> compete in the Outback Bowl. I saw one projection. I don't remember whose it was, but said Michigan would be projected to go to the Citrus Bowl and play Alabama. The one from SI has Penn State playing Alabama in the Citrus Bowl. Instead, they're dropping Michigan all the way to what bowl was it? It was uh, it was something like. Played on the 28th or something like that. It wasn't Music a New City bowl. bowl. It is the Holiday Bowl. Okay. Project them to play Cal in the Holiday Bowl. Wow. Congrats, Jim. <laughs> and then <laughs> I just, um, I don't know. I There's so many useless bowl games, mm. and it's just, they. I feel like there should be the New Year's Day games mm. and maybe a game or two on the second but after that, you know, it's like you don't need any of them. The Frisco Bowl between Florida International and Troy. How great is that? Well, the, the Celebration Bowl. I'm kidding you not. Its name is the Celebration Bowl between North Carolina A&T and Alcorn State. I think that's the bowl game for, like, the historical black colleges. Yeah. So that's kind of like their big celebration. I've never even heard of it before. I think it came in like last year or something. Okay, like well, that. if that's true, then that, then I'm okay with that because it actually has some meaning to it. The Cure Bowl that probably has some meaning to it. I guess that one can stay. The Boca Raton Bowl, <laughs> <laughs> like why? I like the Bahamas Bowl just because it's so out there, oh, yeah. <laughs> out in Nassau. The Gasparilla Bad Boy Motors Bowl, Florida State and Marshall. Which is the game that's played in Tropicana Field? Um. That used to be the Beef O'Brady's Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and that could not have been more perfect. Yeah, I just... Well, do you see the projection the other day where they had the Gophers either playing Alabama or Tennessee? And I'm like, there's like there's like two vastly different programs. You get either blown out by Alabama or you get to play a mediocre Tennessee team. The Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Is that what it's called, bro? That is what it's called this year. Right now, it's projected to be Miami against Washington. By the way, Michigan State, if you're wondering in their projections, right now they are projected to stay within the state and play North Carolina in the Quick Lanes Bowl. That is what I'm hoping for, the Quick Lane Bowl, because it's like that's what the Spartans deserve this year. The Quick Lane Bowl between the fighting Kirk Cousins and the fighting Mitch Trubisky. Go sit. Go, go sit in Detroit. This is how bad your sea was. You, you get to spend the holidays in cold weather Detroit. <laughs> I tell you what, last thing before we go to break and get to the Friday funnies, I tease, speaking of Ford Field, that one of the Lions coaches is in one of the most hilarious lawsuits that you'll hear of right now. Do you remember Al Golden, old head coach of the Miami Hurricanes? In Temple? Yeah. In Temple. And he was, you know, and this was so weird to me. 
he wore a shirt and tie coaching football on the sidelines. It's not weird in hockey or basketball, but football it's weird. Baseball post Connie Mack, it's extremely weird. It probably was weird when <laughs> Connie Mack was around. But it just looked weird to me that Al Golden was the only one who did this. He wore a shirt and tie while coaching football. So he underwhelmed at Miami. His career record there was 32-25. and 25. They never played for the ACC championship, and they never beat a ranked team under him. So Miami decided to fire him. They agreed to a $2 million buyout. So Golden later gets a job with the Lions coaching linebackers, and that's what he's doing right now. So Miami says that because he got a new football-related job, that there's a clause in the buyout saying that they no longer have to pay him the full buyout as long as he's getting another football salary. They only have to pay the difference, what's still left over. So Al Golden is suing Miami. They have a court date in less than two months because Miami has been sending his wife checks for 24 cents a month. Al Golden is getting 24 cents a month from Miami and is taking them to court. <laughs> 24 cents a month. <laughs> because that's the difference between his current Lions check and his buyout checks from Miami. Because Miami says there's a clause that if he gets another football coaching job, they don't have to pay the full buyout, only the, dif- uh, only the difference. Golden says that clause doesn't exist. Why do I have a feeling it's something Miami would try to pull and saying a clause (laughs) exists that doesn't actually exist? I mean, who do you really trust here? Do you trust a fired coach? Maybe he's looking for revenge. I don't know. I don't know Al Golden. He seems to move on. He's found a new job. Or Miami. A school always does the right thing. Yeah. If there's anything that Miami is known for, it's class (laughs) and and a clean, reputable behavior. (laughs) You think Al Al Golden has Venmo? Like, every month he gets a notification. University of Miami (laughs) just deposited 24 cents. And he, and, and he makes sure to celebrate with that 24 cents. Goes by a gumball or something like that. The AD there writes like a snarky note, don't spend it all in one place. <laughs> Congrats on your 32 and 25 <laughs> record. Thanks for nothing, Al. Here's your, here's your 24 cents to go away. <laughs> I can't wait to see how this turns this out. Gonna like, be I've great. been following that trial. It's going to be so funny. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stiegler. Let's take our last time out. Friday Funnies next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any part of today's show, get caught up on demand with the Sports Pen podcast. Get it from uh, our free mobile app from the Apple App Store, Google Play, or look up ESPN-UP. If you missed our first edition of the High School Basketball Coaches Show for this season, it aired right before Ryan and I took the air. It's going to air again once we sign off, so be sure to stay tuned for that. We end every week with the Friday Funnies. Ryan, what do you have? I'll get the... This first one out of the way, because I mentioned it to you, uh, Snoop Dogg, as you, as you post on Facebook, is a guest announcer in the NHL 2020 video game. <laughs> so you can see here Snoop Dogg's commentary, which, by the way, if you've seen the clip, I think I retweeted it. He's actually pretty good he at it. He doesn't do too bad of a job. Yeah, you'd think like this was a joke, mm-hmm. you know, just like, really, you're getting that guy? But he's, he's entertaining. He does so, a good yeah. job with it. Yeah, so... If you're a video game connoisseur, pick up a copy. I think you'll enjoy it. How far away do you think we are from Bill Walton doing MLB? Oh, man. <laughs> God. It would be entertaining in its own way, like him naming countries that oh, border. Geez. What was it? The border Tunisia or something <laughs> like that? And he named all of them. Um, my favorite, okay. We were talking about Tommy Fan. Yeah. Yeah, so here we go. Ray's pitcher, Blake Snell. Gave an unfiltered response when he found out about that trade. Um, he's playing Call of Duty, and people tend to be, let's say, uncensored oh, when yeah. they're playing online video games. So he finds out about it during the course of his gaming and says, We gave them up for Renfro and a, and a damn slap, <laughs> slap genitalia prospect. <laughs> Oh, that made my day. It's like, because it's like, you know, in front of a microphone, he would never say that. But it's like, that's his true thoughts on the situation. I thought that was just great. Because 
now you really know how they feel when things go happen. And the funny thing is, not a bad trade. Mm-hmm. Like Renfro's a good hitter, yeah. and the prospect that they're getting aren't uh, is actually a decent trade. But uh, <laughs> Tommy's like a close friend of him, so he was pretty upset with it. <laughs> and uh, then uh, has the Knicks social media team given up? Do you think at this point? Probably. Although we, today, mm, yeah. We'll see. Um, they basically, after getting blown out in back-to-back games, just tweet out final. Mm. They don't give the score anymore. Sometimes they don't list the opponent. No graphics whatsoever. And if they include a photo, it's the team having a high five. <laughs> so you got the team high fiving each other after they just got blown out. <laughs> I mean, it's like, do you reach a certain point? I mean, social media, it's like, there's a lot of really good ones out there, but if you're on a debacle of a franchise at the Knicks, mm. do you care anymore? <laughs> do you really put 100% effort into every game you cover? Um, okay, so we talked about Perry, yep. the New Carolina uh, Perry Fuel. head coach. Apparently before games on the road, he goes through a hot yoga session where he puts a towel underneath his hotel door and cranks the heat in the room as high as it can go. He then eats and says, I get myself real ornery, real cranky, preparing to do battle. How do you get yourself ornery? Like, are you upset with the room service? Or, like, do you get angry on social media? I'm just, I, I don't know, in a hot yoga session... I mean, how does that, like, relax you? I mean, yoga's a relaxing thing, but I never understood hot yoga. Ornery. Ornery. I, I get I, myself I, I, ornery. ornery. Ornery and real cranky. In my makeshift sauna while I'm doing <laughs> yoga. <laughs> <and eating. laughs> Are you ornery because you're doing a hot yoga session? That's your big thing? Before I go and do battle. <laughs> <laughs> it's his time to shine. That's uh, the new Panthers head coach. Um, do you see all the people... F- Got lost in the uh, hedges in Auburn. Wasn't that great? Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, for those who don't know, a lot of the southern college football stadiums have hedges around the field. I mean, North Carolina has one, Auburn, of course, and Georgia has one. And And after Auburn beat Alabama, so many Auburn fans decided to scale the wall and jump into the hedges to get on the field. Quite a few of them got stuck. Because you're jumping into a gigantic bush is what you're doing and trying to fight your way through it. There's, t- there's photos of one girl who jumped and literally got stuck in the exact spot she landed in. And then there's two other women who are trying to swim their way basically through it. And it's just like... It's just it's such a hazardous thing because one you're going to get cut up and you're probably going to bruise yourself pretty badly because you're not hitting soft leaves you're basically hitting a hard bush is what you're hitting and uh, that was one of my favorite photos is how many people are struggling with that. Um, let's see, JJ uh, Watt has strong food opinions mm. and I want to share a couple of these with you. Melon, honeydew, and cantaloupe are filler fruits on a mm. plate. He's not a fan of those. Okay. You're not you're not fooling anyone is what he said about the filler fruits. Uh listed his favorite cereals has crunch berries on the top. Crunch berries. I'm not uh, I would have never guessed. I'm not a huge crunch berries fan. I think they're okay. I don't even remember the last time I've eaten cereal. I, I, I eat cereal late at night when there's nothing else in the house. <laughs> it's like my go to thing when I get home after uh after I put out the pages. And of course, breakfast I I agree with him on this one. Mm. Breakfast is good any meal at any time. Absolutely. There's a lot of people who are just like, no breakfast for dinner. I strongly oppose this. No. You know, that's why McDonald's brought breakfast for every meal. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. It's like eating pancakes, eggs, and bacon are good at any time during the day. Absolutely. People say otherwise are not people you need in your life. No. It's like you're kidding yourselves, and you're depriving yourself of quality food is what you're doing. <laughs> um, here's my... I'll, I'll probably... This is a longer one, so this will probably be the one we close out. An Indiana man who is a Bengals season ticket owner, spent the last 57 days living on the roof of his restaurant. He owns a Hard Rock Cafe in Cincinnati, and he said after they lost in week five that he was going to spend 
the rest of his season until they got a win on the roof of his restaurant. Oh, he watched TV up there, ate snacks. They said was basically up there almost 24-7 in a tent. He would stop and go, go to the second floor, climb down and go to the bathroom on there because, I mean, 57 days. <laughs> Have fun with that. Uh, right. I guess you're going to build a latrine or something up there. So he came down, he'd go for that, he would shower occasionally, and then he'd go back up there. He did it for 57 days. The wait staff would bring him food. His wife would get his laundry. Um, he even hosted Thanksgiving dinner up there <laughs> on the roof of his restaurant. It's like, this guy went all out with this. He said had they gone on 16, he would have gotten down, Spent the off-season away from it, but for the season opener, would have climbed back up there and stayed up there until they got that victory. I admire that dedication, but 57 days on your roof, that's tough. I think I admire his wife more. She washes his clothes. I would have left him. (laughs) You made this dumb decision on your own. But I suppose, you know, if you got people bringing you food, you know, and... You know, you can go down and, I guess, shower, and it's his own restaurant. So, but it wouldn't be so bad. But he basically said, I sat up there, would watch TV, watch Netflix, and basically sleep in a sleeping bag. On the, It's just, it's insane. I can't believe somebody would do that. But I love sports fans. They're the greatest. Um, I'll go one, this one. Okay, there's 50 bears okay. that are haunting, that are stalking a village in Russia. So everybody's in their doors Uh, and won't leave out there now like stephen colbert and his old show the colbert report have you ever seen that oh yeah he would do his threat down segment he'd say the number one threat in america every time we do it would be bears (laughs) he's very anti-bear and i think we're proving it that bears are the number one threat they were last night for the dallas cowboys yes but uh yeah so a squad of 50 bears (laughs) are patrolling a russian village (laughs) and uh so yeah uh, thank you, Lucky Stars. You're not being surrounded by bears so, right do now. Do we have bears up here? I'm sure we I, do. There, I think I've seen. There's a couple black bears up uh-huh. here. I'm I, sure there are somewhere. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot, but uh, yeah, they uh, don't want to mess with the bear. I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steeg with you. With that, we're out of time. Ryan, what do you have coming out in the mining journal? <sighs> well, um, I will be. Uh, my column will come up this week. Uh, it's about uh, the abuse allegations in hockey. Kind of a more serious topic than I've been. I've been kind of more happy, fun, like my pie in the face column yep. last week, which I've gotten some good responses from that. But it's a little more serious. It's kind of an important issue for me. And then, uh, of course, there'll be high school basketball coverage. You know, my coworker Ryan Spitz is me at the Westwood game. We'll have some scores coming in. And that's basically, uh, <laughs> basically high school basketball centric is what it's going to be. That's going to be on here tonight. Tonight, ESPN-UP. We'll see you in about two hours for that. Until then, for Ryan Stieg, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.